have 30 minutes today, so we'll uh, have more of that Philly sound next week. This is episode number 257 today, and uh, thank you all for listening with an attitude of gratitude, as I say every week. I just I appreciate your listening, making us the number one health show here in Southwest Florida. I know that gratitude improves our quality of life. It is an antidote for negative emotions like depression, anxiety, and anger. And with that attitude, I love you guys. So you can hear us on Block Talk Radio, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, Google Play. And if you enable the skill of Alexa called MyCast, you can even just ask MyCast to play Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, Episode 2, whatever. 257 will be today. So we are on all those platforms. And uh, <clears throat> just thank you for uh, listening in. Ladies and gentlemen, this program contains general medical information. The medical information heard on this program is not advice. It should not be treated as such. The information is not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should never delay seeking medical advice, disregard medical advice, or discontinue medical treatment because of information heard on this program. You are encouraged to confirm any information obtained from this program with other sources and review all information regarding any medical condition or treatment with your physician. Uh, Just a quick update. We had some uh, emails regarding pets, and uh, we'll let you talk to Dr. Jerry in a minute, but uh, emails concern why do pets have cancer. Well, I talked to a very prominent uh, veterinarian, and uh, we will have her on our show in June. Uh, Dr. Corbo, and she said, Dr. Ron, she said, pets are just living longer. They're, they are, uh, we were able to keep them uh, living longer at a certain breed, which li- normally lives eight or nine years and now live in 13 or 14 years. And uh, we'll go more into that uh, when Dr. Corbo comes on the program. Uh, Dr. Jerry, how are you, sir? And how are your kittens? My kittens are doing great. They're all excited and they can't wait for me to get home and feed them. <laughs> That's great. Well, we're going to get home early, you and I, because this is a short day. But I, I want to remind our audience that, uh, ladies and gentlemen, May is a time for giving thanks to our armed forces. Please don't forget these, these men and women. The second Saturday in May begins Armed Forces Week, and the following Saturday is Armed Forces Day. And then we have Memorial Day, which is observed on the last Monday in May. You know, Memorial Day began in 1868 to honor soldiers who died in the American Civil War. And following World War I, it was expanded to memorialize all American service members who have died in any war. And in 1971, that's when it became a national holiday. So, ladies and gentlemen, please remember our veterans. I see Dr. Dan is here today. He's uh, been fighting some medical conditions. How are you, Dr. Dan? Oh, in tip-top shape. The weather's great today. Good afternoon to both of you. How you doing? We're doing great. Well, we don't. We only have a short period of time, and uh, I, I want to just uh, get through uh, what I been, I've told you this before, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh, but I, it, it bears repeating because uh, there's drugs out there that can heavily tip the scales uh, toward dementia and Alzheimer's. And these medications are called anticholinergics. And they're a class of pharmaceuticals that are used to treat so many conditions that even your doctor and even your pharmacist 
may not realize how many there are of them. But those who have been paying attention and listening to this program know that dementia connection is a huge problem, especially for seniors who may be taking multiple medications. Okay, they fall into this category. We talked about the brown bag checkup with the, with the pharmacist Joe. Now experts have confirmed earlier warnings about what anticholinergics can do to your brain, finding that not only can they up your chances of dementia, but certain ones can do uh, they can do this for decades, even after you stop them. These drugs may seem entirely disconnected from each other, but all, they have one thing that's common in all of them. It's a common denominator, and it is a link to cognitive decline. They make your brain shrink. And I would bet that at least one of them is sitting in your medicine cabinet right now. And here's how you know for sure so you know which medications to ditch and talk to your your pharmacist and doctor about. In the mainstream media, some people call it the fake media, but the mainstream media, uh, almost you you see stories all the time about stray puppies, a new ice cream flavor, quote-unquote breaking news. But when it comes to something actually important, such as how to safeguard your brain, you don't hear a whisper about it. Unless you tune in to Dr. Ron Unfiltered, Uncensored, here on Block Talk Radio. Listen to Dr. Ron, Dr. Jerry, and Dr. Dan, right? So last year, I told you about a group of uh, uh, pharmaceuticals and over-the-counter medications uh, with anticholinergic activities that can double your chance of having a stroke. But that's not the first red flag with this class of drugs. The year before that, I told you about... And I sounded an alarm, actually. That was really breaking news, how these drugs can shrink your brain. But even that was a follow-up to a 2015 story that I told you about out of the University of Washington School of Pharmacy that found that taking anticholinergics can up your risk of dementia by over 50% and Alzheimer's by a whopping 63%. So, gosh, ladies and gentlemen, when are doctors going to start paying attention to this? And what in the world are they waiting for? Why isn't this breaking news on every channel? There's a study just out, scientists from universities in in the U.K. and Ireland, as well as Indiana's Purdue University. They compared the habits of 40,000 Brits who were diagnosed with dementia to hundreds of thousands of others with no known cognitive difficulties. And what did they find? They found that those who took anticholinergics for any number of conditions, including depression, overactive bladder, Parkinson's disease, et cetera, upped their chances of developing dementia by a hefty three zero thirty percent All it took was being on one of these medications for at least a year. So if you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, these kinds of drugs just for under a year, and what these these drugs include antidepressants. Gosh, I know people that are on those for a lifetime. But you know what? It gets worse. Sorry to say, researchers also discovered that the risk can persist for years and even decades after you stop taking them. It's like having a ticking time bomb in your head. My gosh. Well, these meds do their dirty work by blocking an important chemical messenger in your brain. It's a neurotransmitter. It's called acetylcholine. You've probably heard us talk about this this in one form or another, especially Dr. Jerry when he talks about uh, head injuries and so forth. 
And I, as I said, there's a load of drugs that fall into this group. For example, there's one called diphenhydramine. You know, you can get that over the counter. It's, it's, it's called Benadryl. Benadryl. You'll also find this active ingredient in Advil PM, Bayer PM, Nitol, Somonex, Tylenol PM. You know, and then there's this one that's sold over the counter, Oxitrol for bladder issues, and poor trimeton and Dramamine. How many of you have taken Dramamine for nausea and motion sickness? How about that acid blocker Tagamet? Guess what, ladies and gentlemen, it's also in this group. How about that over-the-counter allergy medicine Zyrtec or that you hear thousands of ads for, also included in this anticholinergic group. Also included are Paxil. Anti-emodium uh, to treat diarrhea, and that's just a tip of a very large and dangerous iceberg. The bigger story is here. You won't find a warning about this on any of the packaging of anticholinergics you may be taking, even if you use a magnifying glass to read every single side effect. You may not even know if the medication you're on falls into this dangerous drug class because it's not listed on the packaging. So, by now, we should have learned just because a drug is commonplace, readily available without a prescription, it does not make it safe to take. And many of these anticholinergics are for allergies. Down here in Florida now, we have the red tide. We have the pine tree. They're pollen all over the place. So, these, if you have allergies, it means that these drugs are going to be selling like hotcakes. But instead of turning to Benadryl, Chlortribotan, Zyrtec, how about trying something natural like Butterbur or Golden Seal? If you need something for nausea, try some rubbing alcohol from a cotton pad. Okay? Instead of taking Dramamine. So research just published in the Annals of Emergency Medicine. Guess what? They found a kind of aromatherapy that I just told you about, a sniffing, rubbing alcohol, three times more effective than the prescription drug for nausea. The lead author of that study said, <coughs> excuse me, he said, quote, a powerful message is delivered here. And here it is what he said. There are simple and safe ways to deal with symptoms. So, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, <coughs> just be, be advised. We, we're trying to give you knowledge about these things. Uh, the, these drugs are very dangerous and we talk about dementia and Alzheimer's and everybody's worried about it. Well, here's something you can do. Uh, avoid them and look for natural alternatives. And we can talk more about this when we have more time. But I'm sort of going to keep going right along here because uh, Dr. Jerry has a very important meeting to go to also. And I just want to ask you, uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you know uh what is the fourth most abundant mineral in your body? A mineral that's involved in more than 600 different biochemical reactions. Well, there's a long story to be told here, and I'm going to turn the microphone over now to Dr. Jerry Smith and uh, let him talk about this mineral. Dr. Jerry? Yeah, the magic mineral is magnesium. <clears throat> it's not only good for mag wheels on cars. They look kind of sharp. But if you get hungry, you can always chew on, chew on them. Um, <laughs> bottom line is about 90% of the population is magnesium deficient. Why? 
because in the early 1900s, from like 1900 to 1908, <clears throat> the daily consumption was like 475 to 500 milligrams per day. Today, it's 175 to 225 milligrams per day, less than half. The bottom line is magnesium is involved in over 73% of the enzymatic reactions of the body. It helps calm down your nervous system. Uh, and, and the processed foods today, we keep harping, Dr. Dan, Dr. Ron, myself, keep harping, stay away from the processed foods because it causes the magnesium to be leached out of your body quickly. And also these fil filtration systems, water softeners, they also help leach out magnesium quickly from the body. The key here is that magnesium is so critical. You know, when you hear the high school uh, football player, basketball player, he drops dead on the court, 95% of the time it's a magnesium deficiency because the heart just stops beating. That's how serious it is. It's implicated in heart disease in all stages of life. So a low serum magnesium level has been found in patients with symptomatic mitral valve prolapse. And simple magnesium, dark green leafy vegetables, you know, it's beyond uh, iceberg lettuce, you know, kale, collard greens, cilantro, celery. These are the things that help supply the magnesium. Most people hate greens. So if you do, you're going to have to take, you know, a powdered uh, a green supplement just to get it back into your body. You know, it's implemented uh, or implicated in diabetes. So, again, low serum magnesium levels have been strongly associated with insulin resistance in type 2 diabetics. Studies have shown that the diabetic patient typically tests low in serum magnesium levels and that chronic magnesium supplementation has been helpful in stabilizing uh, the glucose levels and especially in the elderly diabetics. These high fructose corn syrup uh, poisons that are being consumed on a regular basis, they really mess up the whole magnesium uh, balance in your body. And and you look in all the uh, labels today, you know, simple uh, fruits and vegetables that are canned can have high fructose corn syrup in there. The sodas have high fructose corn syrup and even relish. I mean, I, you know, my son bought a jar of relish and I was going to put it on my hamburger and I looked at the label and had first ingredient, high fructose corn syrup, I quickly threw it in the, in the garbage. It's so and ubiquitous. Ketchup. Yeah, ketchup, absolutely. Uh, especially the sodas, you know, forget about it. it. It's just overloaded with this poison. And hypertension, you know, people running for uh, a pill to lower the blood pressure. Well, it could be as simple as a magnesium deficiency because it's linked to elevated blood pressure. A study in the Journal of Hypertension concluded that oral magnesium supplementation might be effective as a non-pharmaceutical treatment for essential hypertension. You know, I take magnesium uh, orotate periodically, and it helps prevent leg cramps, especially if I do a, a bike ride. It helps, you know, calm down your nervous system if you had a bad day at the office uh, or your horse didn't come in at the racetrack. Take some magnesium. It'll calm down your nervous system. Uh, it's also linked to chronic conditions, um, you know, electrolyte imbalances. And with anti-aging, I mean, when your body doesn't have enough magnesium, it just causes your body to decline physiologically. It's uh, 
and especially the elderly, you know, they're not getting enough of the dark green leafy vegetables, especially in the institutionalized setting. Um, cardiovascular problems, high blood pressure, diabetes, stroke, sudden death in the elderly population. It's so simple. You just add a little greens into your diet. Alcoholism, chronic alcoholic consumption causes extreme renal magnesium wasting, meaning the kidneys dump magnesium. So the key in the, in the equation is that all these little uh, abuses that you know haven't bothered you through the years all of a sudden will reach a crescendo when your magnesium level gets you know is in a severe low level range. Um, attention deficit is another area that's uh, related to magnesium deficiencies. Hyperactivity of the children with attention deficit disorders they they basically you know uh, you can peel them off the ceiling. They're just running around wild. Um, asthma. You know, you can take all the uh, crazy drugs you want to help with the wheezing and all, but a high magnesium intake is associated with high lung function. And quant consequently, magnesium deficiency is associated with decreased lung function. So you have asthma, airflow obstructions. Increased magnesium intake has been shown to improve lung function and reduce reports of wheezing. It's non-invasive. No side effects. Autism, when combined with the vitamin B6, taken in combination with the magnesium, it's shown to be beneficial in 40% of the patients with autism. It probably has an effect on the dopamine metabolism, which helps calm them down. Uh, you know, symptoms such as noise, stress, agitation, bedwetting, they're reduced with magnesium. A lot of CFS patients, chronic fatigue syndrome, Low magnesium levels are reported in patients with CFS. And when treated with magnesium, report improved energy levels. It helps your little mitochondria produce more energy. Your pain decreases. You're, you have a better emotional state. Uh, inflammatory bowel disease is so rampant today because of all the glyphosate and other pesticides and chemicalized garbage in our food. Again, magnesium deficiency is frequently a complication of inflammatory bowel disease. It occurs in up to 88% of the IBD patients. Little oral magnesium above 700 milligrams a day is recommended, uh, and it'll take care of these uh, issues with inflammatory bowel disease. Mental health, high levels of stress, and who doesn't have stress in our you know, crazy lifestyle today? Uh, in acutely ill psychiatric patients, they, they get a high magnesium deficiency issue. So magnesium deficiency can escalate acute symptoms in hallucinations, anxiety, fear in patients with mental disorders such as schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, or Alzheimer's disease. A little magnesium can go a long way in helping with these mental uh, health issues. And migraines, oh, my God, there's so many migraine sufferers out there. <clears throat> Excuse me. Again, a little bit of magnesium helps, you know, with the relaxation of the musculature, a better blood flow, heart function, brain function. Uh, high doses of uh, magnesium are effective in warding off migraines even. And one study showed that migraine attack frequency was reduced by 41.6%. And in uh, those who participated in the chronic magnesium supplementation study, 41.6%. I don't know of any medications that are getting that kind of results. Exactly. 
and the osteoporosis, you know, I just had a woman in today who has an osteoporotic issue, but the doctor failed to tell her that she also had magnesium deficiency and also hypothyroid. So you can have a disease process, but you just can't take Tums and think you can throw calcium into the body and you're going to solve the problem. That's Neanderthal mentality. So the key is that magnesium and calcium work synergistically. It helps with the bone, but you also have to look deeper into the issue where you may have a thyroid problem. And unfortunately, most blood tests are not accurate, and the doctor's going to be misled, and you're going to be misled. So magnesium testing you know, can be an effective way, uh, especially with post-menopausal uh, women. Um, periodontitis. Yeah, yeah, that's real right. quick, the gum there's, disease. There's yep. What's that? No, that's that's perfect. I was I, I didn't want you to miss that one. Yeah, the bottom line is you, you just can't do simple things like, you know, unless you have a splinter, you take the splinter out and it's going to heal nicely. But in the human body, there's so many reactions and variables that you really can't keep tabs of what's going on. But if you're missing certain basic nutrients, like magnesium, you know, your enzymatic system's not going to work right, and the organs can't work right. Um, you know, magnesium helps the thyroid. Uh, it's very dependent on, on nutrients. And gum disease, you know, you can get your gums sliced and diced and packed with antibiotics, but you're just treating the rust on the fender. The magnesium helps to heal the, the, uh, the gums and also helps reduce tooth loss. You know, during pregnancy, again, magnesium supplementation during pregnancy has been associated with significantly fewer maternal hospitalizations, reduction in, in preterm delivery, and less frequent referral to, uh, of the newborn to the neonatal intensive care unit. Uh, in pregnancy, it it's influences on fetal and maternal morbidity, reduces it both before and after delivery. And the key is that Magnesium, you know, crosses the uh, placental barrier, gets into the fetus, and helps the, the baby develop better. Um, you know, again, a basic diet. Try to get raw vegetables whenever is possible. And it also helps in reducing the, the SID, sudden infant death syndrome. So there's a lot of, you know, positive results. PMS, for example. Uh, you know, PMS stands for poor memory sometimes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> in addition, there's a study in the Journal of Women's Health found that 200 milligrams a day of magnesium reduced PMS, fluid retention, breast tenderness, and bloating by 40%. I mean, this is pretty outrageous for a, you know, non-synthetic substance. Um, bottom line is stress, you know, whether it's emotional, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, or physical exertion or trauma, uh, no factors that magnesium depletion is part of that equation. So again, you know, across the board, you can't go wrong by, you know, adding some magnesium tablets. It comes in different forms, magnesium uh, uh, lactate, um, glycinate, uh, orotate. And, uh, you know, it's interesting, mother's milk provides the, the the baby with orotate compounds, so cal calcium orotate, magnesium orotate, potassium orotate. In fact, Hans uh, Nieper over in Germany treated his cancer patients with the mineral orotates because it quickly gets absorbed and assimilated into the body very, very quickly. 
So, bottom line is sudden death, stroke, asthma, gum disease, diabetes, osteoporosis, migraine, mental health, inflammatory bowel disease, chronic fatigue, autism, asthma, attention deficit, alcoholism, and aging are all directly impacted by a magnesium deficiency. How's that in one breath? No, that's, that, that's a great summary. And, and, and just to accentuate the point, I want to ask our audience if they remember Carrie Fisher and the oh, yeah. medical community <coughs> thinks that she died because of a magnesium deficiency. Did you see that on the news? Ladies and gentlemen, less than 5% of people are successfully resuscitated with cardiac resuscitation. But do you know how many people could be saved with adequate magnesium intake so they don't have a, a, a cardiac arrest? That that That's something I've pondered for quite a while. And uh, here Dr. Dr. Smith did a great job of just summarizing the, the deficiency uh, symptoms and diseases that magnesium is associated with. I would just add a couple things, and that's if you have leg cramps. You know, who doesn't have leg cramps? 70% of, a, of adults experience leg cramps. You know, you may have a, a, a magnesium deficiency. And I don't know, Dr. Smith, I, I, I found an insomniac sometime have a, have a, a, a magnesium deficiency. Is that part, part of what, what anything yeah, you've come across? Yeah, their sympathetic nervous system can't quiet down, and magnesium is like a natural tranquilizer. The one uh, little pearl I want to share with the audience is that when you're in the market for purchasing supplements and you look on the label, if you see magnesium oxide, uh, do not buy it. It's ground-up rocks. Yeah. It's cheaper, you know, so you can get a whole lot more into the, the little pill. But so watch out for magnesium oxide. It's rocks. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, as far as magnesium, you know, with the way the soil is being depleted, uh, people sometimes struggling with alcohol, if you're struggling with some gut and gastrointestinal problems like Crohn's disease, uh, if you're a diabetic, like Dr. Smith said, uh, if you're elderly, you might want to think, and act on supplementing with a good magnesium supplement. And uh, the ones that Dr. Smith uh, recommended, I happened to be studied. I did travel to Hanover, Germany to study with Dr. Nieper. And, and Dr. Smith's right on the money. He loved the oxalates, and he had a compounding pharmacist uh, just one block from his office that made these uh, supplements up. Uh, so the oxalate form is something that I uh, fell in love with. But there were other good ones, Uh the chelated form. So I think that's a really important subject that you don't really hear a lot about. Uh, I will tell you that, you know, on this program, we've had uh, Dr. Nicholas Sergio, uh, a prolotherapist and acupuncturist. And I will tell you that the uh, prolotherapists love magnesium because it's a major risk factor for the progression of osteoarthritis because it's associated with inflammation, cartilage damage. And uh, uh, so they actually inject it. So, and there's lots of good scientific proof for that. Uh, so some people think that a low magnesium intake may be a contributing factor to the development of osteoarthritis. Uh, so 
great, great subject, Dr. Smith. Uh, really, really well covered. Yeah, and one simple thing, magnesium dilates your coronary blood vessels, so it actually helps prevent getting a heart attack because it's the, it's the vasospasms of the heart uh, blood vessels that cause the blood to clump and coagulate and cause the damn heart attack. But, you know, getting enough magnesium on a daily basis helps to prevent that. And it's simple. Yes. Well, uh, Dr. Dan, I'm going to let you be the audience today. Any questions? Yes. I will be the devil's advocate. I I just like to go back to one thing on the antidepressants. Does, does that include Valium and Xanax and all the other... Um, SSRIs and so forth that people take. Well, you 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 lumped two class of drugs together, the uh, Xanax and Valium or hypnotics. The SSRIs okay. are the antidepressants. So two different two different class of drugs, Doctor Dan. Well, she mentioned Paxil in there, and that, that, well, Paxil is an antidepressant. That's a SSR, SSI okay. inhibitor. So we don't have Valium and Xanax in that uh, antidepressant category, correct? No, but they have their they they have their own problems, and we'll we'll, we'll we have more time yeah. next week. We'll we'll have an hour and a half next week to dis, to discuss what we left over, and uh, next week we're going to have a uh, great discussion on statin drugs. Uh, and I'm uh, I want to recommend people before uh, maybe you get to next week's show. If you if you have some time on the internet, look up the Dr. Thomas Cowan, C O W A N. And I like Dr. Smith, but uh, you know always wondered about coronary heart disease and the and the clotting. Well, Dr. Cowan has a whole new take. In fact, his book called Human Heart, Cosmic Heart. A Doctor's Quest to Understand, Treat, and Prevent Cardiovascular Disease. Actually, talks about something Dr. Smith brought up on this program maybe a year ago about vortexing water. It turns out that the blood in our heart is also vortexing. It's also, uh, and uh, maybe maybe that's why so many heart disease is still the number one cause of death here in the United States, because we have been taking a... Uh, a surgical look at it, a, a stent look at it, and not looking at the basic physiology. So, uh, yeah, Dr. Dan, we can get the Xanax, Xanax, by the way. I have not told all my friends, and I show them the article. I'll, I'll, I'll get it up for next week. It's been associated with dissecting aortic aneurysm. So, oh. besides it being very addicting, it's one you don't really want to take. Yeah, there was uh, one one thing about magnesium. Uh, in a, a rare disease like myasthenia gravis, uh, mag, magnesium has to be watched out for. It can actually make the disease worse. So that's one of the rare cases. Of course, myasthenia gravis is only 60,000 to 100,000 people that we know of in the United States that that have that autoimmune disease. Um, very, very rare. If anybody's interested in it, you can look it up on the Internet. Myasthenia gravis means grave muscles bad 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 muscles but unfortunately magnesium is bad for that disease well why i don't know but it's one of the things i came across i thought i'd throw that in otherwise magnesium is good good stuff and ladies and gentlemen you know this what we're talking about is really important both the anticholinergic medications 
there are articles coming out now, and I'm just looking at one just came through my desk as we were this, the program's on its way here. And the conclusion uh, from the uh, Psychological Congress in Orlando, Florida, that was held October 25th to 28th, the findings make it clear that clinicians need to carefully consider anticholinergic burdens of their patients and weigh other options. And they go on to say just what I said at the beginning of the program about you know these over-the-counter drugs uh, can be a source of dementia. So, guys, Dr. Jerry, Dr. Dan, uh, I think we did it. Yeah. I think we uh, we just we, we leave you with a cute little life quote. It says, "Life is ten percent what happens to you and ninety percent how you react to it." Aha. And uh, my That's quote not- is, "Failing to plan." Is planning to fail. To fail, absolutely. Dr. Dan? Uh, yeah, you know, I used up all my sick days today, so I was going to call in dead. <laughs> call in dead. And, well, and then I, my daughter tells me she lies in bed and eats yeast and car wax all day. So I said, what will happen? I said, eventually you'll rise and shine. There you go with a couple of jokes for today. Have fun, guys. See you next week. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Topics will be stacking drugs. We'll finish up and we'll start next week's show with the Philly Jazz group and we'll end with their their blues. You're listening to Dr. Ron, unfiltered, uncensored here on Block Talk Radio. Your hosts are Dr. Ron, Dr. Jerry, and Dr. Dan. We are here every Tuesday at 4 o'clock. We can be heard on multiple podcasting platforms. We're on iTunes. We're on Alexa. This was our 257th podcast. We have great things planned for the summertime. Hopefully you'll have some time while you're walking to listen to this program. But in the meantime, we are leaving the building. Have a great week.